Welcome to the podcast, Let the Prophet Speak. Today we continue our study of the first book of Kings, that's Melachim Aleph, chapter 18, Parak Yudchas. We are at verse 19 in that chapter, and we have just read of the encounter between Eliyahu and Ahav, that's Elijah the prophet and Ahab the king of Israel. And they had just engaged in a verbal argument over who was responsible for for um, bringing the people of the northern kingdom, the people of Israel, to to a state of despair, to a state of achar, a state of ikur, a state where they were troubled. And Achav pointed his finger at Eliyahu, and Eliyahu turned back to Achav and said, no, it was you, because you were the one who decided to forsake God and to bring the people and lead them to idol worship of Baal. Now, at this point, Eliyahu, remember, in the beginning of this chapter, he was told by God, go back to Ahav, and I will bring rain, right? In other words, you, Eliyahu, decided to bring punishment to the people in order to bring them back to God. It didn't work. It's not going to work. I want you to go back. And Eliyahu encountered another prophet who did stay with Ahav. That was the prophet Ovadyahu. And and Obadiah tried to teach Eliyahu that the proper path is not to bring punishment upon people. That's not going to work to make people suffer. But the proper path is to stay with the program, to stay with the king and influence from the inside, which is what he was hinting Eliyahu should have done instead of go off and disappear into the wilderness, as in Obadiah's words, wherever the spirit of God might take you to some to some forsaken place. What are you going to help there? I stayed here. I saved prophets of God. You, while you were out in the wilderness doing whatever it was that you were doing. But however, without fully getting the message, Eliyahu now is thinking, now what I need to do is prove. Now I'm here with Ahav. I have to prove to Ahav. I have to prove to the people that God is the true God and Baal is not true. And of his own, on his own, we remember this is really important because just like Eliyahu on his own declared the hunger, Eliyahu on his own is also asking for the following confrontation to occur. We have no mention that God told him to do this. So and now what I want is Shalach Kivotselai, I want you to gather to me at Kol Yisrael, all of the people of Israel, El Hara Carmel to the mountain of Carmel. And I want you to bring all the prophets of Baal too, our Bameot Bahamishim, the 450 uh, prophets, and the prophets of the Asherah, that was Baal's consort. Remember, we discussed this in earlier podcasts that Baal was the the husband, the the male god um, of 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 rain, of uh, and fertility, and the Asherah was the female consort, the female version of it. And um, there was Arba Meot, 400 of them, Ochle Shulchan Izevel, who ate at the table of Izevel, of Jezebel. And she, of course, as we see here and as we'll see later, was the primary instigator of this religious um, uh, 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 abandonment of God and this uh, religious devotion to the cult of Asherah and Baal. So Ahav listened to Eliyahu in this challenge, Remember, Eliyahu at this point hadn't even told Ahav what he was doing. So here he has the king's ear. The king is listening to him. 
So the king goes ahead and says, okay, all the people of Israel, and he brings the, all the prophets, the Baal prophets, to Har Carmel, to the mountain of Carmel. And Eliyahu appears to the entire nation, stands up in front of them and gives the following speech. And he says, How long will it be that you're going to be jumping or hopping between the two branches? If God is the true God, then follow him in Baal. And if it's Baal, then go follow after him. And the people of the nation didn't answer. It's interesting that they didn't answer because in their mind, they didn't understand that there was a problem. You know, they think, why can't we worship him and him? They just didn't get it. But Eliyahu is telling them, no, this is poseach al One is mutually exclusive of the other. Monotheism does not accept the possibility of having other gods to worship when you decide to worship other ones. So Vayomer Eliyahu Eliyahu says to the nation, and this is a very curious statement here, which he's going to make now and he's going to make later again, and eventually we're going to find in this statement some, a flaw in Eliyahu here because he's fighting this battle by himself. Ovadiahu, who we know is also a prophet of God, we know and, and who has hidden a hundred prophets of God, and we're going to see later there are many prophets of God that are in the court of Ahav, influencing, trying to influence him in the right way. Uh, we'll see them over the next few chapters repeatedly. However, he says over here a statement, I am left <coughs> alone as a prophet to God. Elio saw himself as the only crusader. Now, Elio obviously knew that Ovadio and the other prophets were there, but he sees this, this, uh, this crusade, this, um, this fight, that he's the only one fighting the fight. He's the only one. Um, I, I, you know, it's a very curious statement because he sees the, uh, the others as capitulating to Ahav, whereas God wanted to him to learn that no, right? They're not capitulating. They're actually accomplishing something. Ahav is willing to listen. You need to stay with him, and you need to push the people in the right direction. Or even if he's not willing to listen, that's still the proper path. That's the proper way to go. But no, nonetheless, Eliyahu makes this statement. I'm the only one. And here we see 450 prophets of the Baal. For whatever reason, he's ignoring the prophets of Asherah, which were another 400. Let it be given to us, Shnaim Parim, two, uh, two um, um, oxen. And they chose for them one of the one cow, one ox. And they cut it up, or, or and let them cut it up. That's what they should do. And they should place it on a pile of wood. But don't bring fire to it. And I will go and do another cow or ox or whatever, and I'll put it on the wood, and I will also not put fire on it. And you can go out and call in the name of your God, and I will call in the name of God. The God who brings fire to the, uh, who brings fire down and answers the prayers with fire, who Elohim, that will be the real God. So I'm going to test, I'll show you who the real one is. And the Mishnah answered, the people answered and said, yes, this is a good test, let's do it. And with this, we will um, do it. Uh, we, we will believe in whichever, we worship whichever God does this special trick. 
Now, the the interesting thing here is if you think about this, um, often people say, well, if the really God, let him strike that person with lightning or let, let him just uh, win the lottery today or show me a sign. We always do this, but this is not the way God works. But Eliyahu is, is here asking God and going to push God into a corner, so to speak. Um, and, and, and so that Eliyahu is trying to show that let, let me have this sign, right? In the end, it's going to fail. It's going to be an epic failure, and it's going to lead um, to Eliyahu losing his position as, as, as the primary prophet. He's going to have to hand over the baton because he's not getting the message. But here, God is kind of playing along with him for this time, and he's um, allowing the, the, this, this, this to go on. And Eliyahu is going to go ahead and prove to the people that there's a God because he's going to ask for this tremendous sign. So they took the bull that was given to them by Asu and uh, they pre- prepared it by Yikru prepared it meaning they cut it by Yikru and they called out in the name of, of, the, of, the, of the God with a small g, the Baal, from the morning of that day until the afternoon, Lamar calling, Habal anenu. Baal, answer us. There is no voice from heaven answering. There's no one answering. And they jumped and danced around the altar that they had made. It came uh, in the noontime. Like, uh, and Eliyahu started to mock them and make fun of them. Call out maybe in a louder voice. Because he's a god. Maybe he's busy. Maybe he's busy having a meeting. Maybe he is stuck somewhere. Maybe he's on some kind of a trip. Maybe he's asleep. And if you call out loud, you'll wake him up. Elio is mocking the idea, the concept of, of, a, of a God, a corporeal God here. So they called out louder. And they cut themselves, which is the way they would um, worship the God. With swords and spears until they were gushing with blood. And when the noon passed, or it passed into the afternoon, and they were um, prophesying, and, and, and uh, this is like, a, a, it's all, I see it translated sometimes as raving, in some kind of a trance and a dance with the cutting and the singing and the dancing. Until it came time, in the early afternoon, to bring the karban mincha, the mincha sacrifice, the grain sacrifice, vein kol vein onet, vein kashev, and that's uh, there was no one answering, there was no fire coming down, the Baal god did not listen. So when the people are frustrated, nothing's happening. Elio said to everyone, "Come over to me." love, and they all came over to him. And he repaired the damage that had been done to the altar of God. It would seem that there was some sort of a, uh, an altar that was here before that had been destroyed, that had, um, and he repaired it. Uh, there's all kinds of explanations as to where this came from. Um, the uh, the the uh, uh, it's a, so the uh, some of the tradition that it was built by Saul in earlier times, whatever it was. 
there was a destroyed altar that had originally been built for God there. took twelve stones, right, which is the number of the twelve tribes of Yaakov. The twelve tribes that have been split, they have divided through uh, into two kingdoms. And, and one of the main reasons for this split was because the northern kingdom wanted to go on their own path, on their own spiritual path, and abandon God and leave him. And Elio is trying to show and demonstrate to them that this belief in Baal has ruined the entire unity of the people of Israel. If we were to go back to God, we will be, all be able to come back together again, both the northern and the southern kingdom. Because God, Yaakov, Jacob, our forefather of everyone, he had been told that your name shall be Yisrael. We are the nation of Yisrael. We should be all together. We should all be one tribe. And by returning to God, we can bring about that unity again. And with the stones, he built into them a, an altar to God in the name of God. And he built around it like a, a small... Uh, um, uh, 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 in the ground, uh, a, like a moat or a trench dug around it. Kivesa sayim zera, enough for a space of two saws of seed. It's a large thing. Savivilam is beach around the altar. Vayarochet ha'itzim, and then he set up the wood. Vayinetachet ha'par, and he cut up the bull. Vayasem ala'itzim, and he put the uh, the bull ox, whatever, onto the onto the wood. Vayomer milu arba'achadimayim, and he said, go fill up four uh, vessels of water and pour it over the offering and pour it over the wood, presumably to make the the miracle of the fire even more spectacular by soaking the wood with water. Keep on doing it. They did it over three times. And the water poured and 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 eventually it, it overflowed around the altar of so that this trench that was dug was now full of water. It was at around the, that time of day. And Elio, the prophet, approached um, uh, the Vayomar, and he said, God, the Lord of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel. Hayom Yivoda. Today it shall be known, Israel, that you are God in Israel, and I am your servant. And it was by, um, it was because of your word that I have done all of these things, which is not really true. At least we never saw. However, Elio is assuming that he has God's in, um, backing to do this, thinking that if I do this, it's all going to work, the people will return to God, and everything will be okay. And then he says, Aneni Adonai, Aneni, answer me, God, answer me. That Those words, that phrase is a paraphrase, is the same phrase where they said before, a few verses ago, when they were praying to the Baal, answer us, Baal. But he says this to God, and we also use these words in various prayers we use um, in the liturgy. And then if you answer me, this nation shall know that you are the Lord God. And, and these last four words are interesting. Now the literal translation of these words are that you are the one who turned their heart backward, away. It's almost like he's arguing with God. However, it's understood to, to be by m most of the traditional commentaries that he's, he means to say this 
And you, if you go ahead and perform this miracle, then you will be, even though it's written in past tense, the one who turns their heart around, in other words, towards you. But the language is very um, interesting because the language tends to give the, set, the, the, the feeling that Elio is, and on some level, accusing God of just show yourself. This is the kind of thing lots of times people say when they, you discuss with somebody about the existence of God. Well, just if God, if you would just show yourself, then everyone would know. And here, God listens. And interesting, what we're going to find as we learn through this chapter in today's thing and in future ones, we're going to find that by listening to him, what God is actually doing is proving Eliyahu wrong. Right? He's proving Eliyahu wrong that this is not the way to prove or bring people closer to God. Tricks and, 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 and miracles and signs and so on is not what's going to work. But right now, the way he's going to teach that lesson is by making the following thing happen. So a fire came down from God and it consumed the offering that ate him and the wood and it scorched the stones and the dirt. It even dried up the water that was in the moat or, or in the, the ditch. And the people saw this incredible spectacle and they fell on their faces and they said, God is the true God. And Eliyahu said to the people, Tifsu, and like seizing the moment, Tifsu, grab at Nevi'e Habal, the prophets of the Baal, Ishal Yimalet Mayhem, do not let any of them escape. And they grasped them. Eliyahu brought them down to the stream of Kishon, and he slaughtered them there. Was this what he was supposed to do? Why didn't he ask that the Nevi'e Habal maybe repent and come back to God? But he sees the moment, and in his vengeance, his, his zeal for God, this is what Eliyahu did. And then Eliyahu went, and he said to Ahav, to the king, Go and celebrate. Go and eat and drink. Because there is the sound of rain coming. In other words, now you can celebrate, because now the people have returned to God. And the whole reason why the people didn't have rain was because they weren't with God. So now they're going to come back. And now the rain is going to come. And God had promised me. Now remember, in Elio's mind, he's doing what God wants, bringing the people back to God and, and taking vengeance against the uh, prophets of Baal. This was all what Elio assumes is what's supposed to happen. So, Achav, go celebrate. And Achav, interestingly, goes ahead and listens. He does exactly as he was told. Carmel. And then Elio goes to the top of the Carmel mountain, Vayighar Artsa, and he crouches or, or, or curls up on the ground, and he puts his face between his knees because there isn't rain yet. What's going on? God, you promised me if I would come back to Achav, rain would happen. And I said the sound of rain is coming, but it's not there. And God is clearly dragging this out because to teach Eliyahu a lesson. This is not that simple. He said to his son, Go up to a tall place so that you can look towards the sea. He went up and he looked out towards the sea. I don't see anything. In other words, because the rain clouds would be coming from that direction. I still don't see any rain clouds. This happened seven times. Go look again. Go look again. 
while he's lying there praying, and finally on the seventh time, I see in the distance a small cloud that's about the size, or at least it looks like the size as a person's hand, that is coming up from the sea. And he says, Now you go up to Achav and say, you can hitch up your chariot and get ready to go um, down the mountain, in other words, heading back towards your palace, because, uh, because you need to get going before the rain ruins it for you. And then, I mean, while uh, uh, the, the, uh, uh, the, the, uh, this continued and the sky started filling with dark clouds and, and wind and a tremendous rain came down and Achav rode on his, uh, in his chariot and he went towards Israel um, uh, and to, to leave to escape the rain and the hand of God had come to Eliyahu because God had listened. So he tied up his, his clothing because he, now he's running in the rain. And he ran in front of the chariot of the king, Israel. a tremendous honor to Achav. So here Eliyahu is thinking, I've brought the people back to God. Achav has now seen this. I've won. I've shown the people who the true God is. I've gotten rid of the Nevi'e Habal. Now everything is good. Now I have done my job. That's why God has brought the rain. But Elio is missing something tremendous. And very, very quickly he's going to learn his lesson. That this trick, this miracle didn't work. But we don't know that yet. Right now everything seems great. Everything seems awesome. The people have returned to God. The king has returned to God. Elio has returned to the house of Achav. However, Elio's stunt is not going to last very long at all. And that we will study together when we read and we learn chapter 19. Thank you so much for studying together with me. Looking forward to um, studying chapter 19 and, of course, the rest of this book together. Have a wonderful day.